my hope for my future is that what I take from you is, you know, I grow deeper, but I also, in the future, want to be uh, uh, the man that God created me and not who I think I should be. Whatever situation that is going on right now, we have a promise from God that the end result for whatever we're going through will always be worth it in the end because as we trust in Him, He will lead us on that path of righteousness. It helps me think about my future because when I'm with God, I learn to trust in Him. And when I trust in Him, it helps me to walk out in faith, like to be more bold in my steps and my decisions. I think God's plan for my future is He's calling me to uh, really become a worshiper. Not with only music, but like with my lifestyle. And I think that's something special. Following Christ or pressing into God, I see my future being affected with my brokenness and my pain and my hurts being taken care of and being able to move forward. It's, it's hard to really say it because if you say, oh, you know, God has me, so my future is like set. It almost sounds lazy, like, oh, you know, I don't have to work for it because God is going to give it to me. But then we have to also remember we have to do our part along with God doing his part. Yes, he's going to bless us and it just... It's awesome to think that God loves us so much that for our future, He's going to give us what we need, but we also have to work for it. God is the one who made you. Uh, he has a good plan for your future. His word says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a hope in the future, plans for good and not disaster. If you don't look to God for the good plans He has for you, what kind of future are you going to have by submitting to God? That allows God to give you the future He has planned for you. Can we just thank our ELN students for just sharing uh, their heart. And I'm amazed at your contribution and your support in this church because we're constantly uh, reaching down to that next generation and constantly building up that, that generation. And, and you may have come to this church from the beginning days and, and you're still here, you're still serving, you're still contending for the things of God. And it's so good to know that you are a generation that believes in the upcoming generations. And, and so the bigger picture is that God's word will continue to go out into the world because of what you are choosing to do. And we're all looking at our future. Like what would our future look like? And we're going to be talking about that today. That one thought. What, is, what does my future look like? What do I think about my future? Because we're all going to come to that place whether or not you give it permission. You don't give time permission. You don't give your age permission. You may say, I'm still 30, but you may be 50. You may be in denial, but it doesn't change the age. So it's not necessarily an age thing. It's really life events that take place that has to do with a future or having a hopeful one. So we're going to look at that. How does, how does these life events affect our future? And what does that look like today? What is, where is my life today and where is it heading for tomorrow? Some of you might be in your earlier years and you're saying, boy, I got, I got a lot of life ahead, so I don't have to worry about that. Some of you are later on in life and you're saying, no, you guys need to worry about that. And I'm pretty sure those of us who are later on in life, 
we would want to speak to the younger people and say some things that probably our parents or others told us that we didn't listen. And now we're paying some consequences. But I think together we can think these things through, especially with God. So you can take out your notes from your bulletin as we talk about thinking about my future. All of us have a past, you know, and, and some are, we have great memories and then some not so good memories. I have great memories, but I also have a few here and there that, boy, it, it wasn't good in the season that I was in, but God turned it around for good. When I was about seven years old, that's when my dad left our family. And so we grew up without a dad, and then he passed away when I was about 15 or 16 years old. And I remember thinking, boy, I'm never going to know him more than I did when I was young. And I have some, you know, pictures and memories of him. But then as time went on, I became a teenage parent. And it was around the same time my dad passed away. And so I was going through all of this turmoil and, and inner struggles, and I, I didn't know where to turn. And then at the age of 19, when I came to church, I, I could understand that there was a God who had a hope and a future for me. And once I understood that, it just changed the way I thought about life. At that point, life was no longer about the mistakes that I've made or the situation or the circumstance I was in. It was all about God's plan for my life. It's like everything was in His hands now. It was no longer in my hands. I got to release that to Him. And some of us might have, have those types of experiences. And maybe you're thinking, well, I don't know what my life would look like then because I've made some mistakes. I've had some mishaps. But God can turn our mishaps into miracles. It depends on how we think of these things. Because even an unplanned life, God has plans for. God saw us from the very beginning. In fact, our scripture this morning, if you take out your notes and we're going to read it together. If not, it will be up here on the screen. Jeremiah 29, 11. We're going to read this together. Ready? Go. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Now, when we think about our future, hopefully it's hopeful. But even though you may not feel hopeful or you may feel like, I don't have a hopeful future. I didn't know I could have a hopeful future. Well, I want to let you know this morning that God will give you one if you don't have one. If you just think the future for yourself is hopeless, God says, I will give you, I'll give it to you, a future and a hope. We all want hope. We want things to turn out well. See, if you can't, if you can't picture that hopeful future, God already did that for you. And he wants to give that to us. See, but that's not really the problem. The problem is not God not giving you a, a future and a hope. The problem is us receiving it. Because doubts will come in. Our, the way we live will come in. And we'll, we'll think, well, when I'm good, when I'm ready, when, I'm, when I got my act together, then I'll let God in. And God is saying, how good can you be for my perfect goodness for you? It's like God is saying, instead of you trying to be good, how about you trust in me because I'm already good. And then I will give you a future and a hope. That's why Romans 12.2 tells us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
that you're not going to copy the behaviors of the world, that you're going to transform the way you think by the renewal of your mind. In, in other words, our life changes really by the Spirit of God coming in and changing the way we think. It's that renewal of the mind, the complete renovation for the better. Our success in marriage or, or, or life, uh, success in our career, success in our community, uh, with relationships, all of that is dependent on the beginning stages of each and every moment. But even though we may skew or, or stray from time to time, we can always come back to the Lord because our future is in His hands. It was uh, in 1999, this, this, uh, NASA launched the Mars uh, Climate Orbiter. So it was supposed to do some studies around the planet Mars. Well, in 1999, they made a, a, an amazing discovery. As, the, as this orbiter was heading towards Mars, they, they found out that it was a little off course. And then, by the time it got closer to Mars, it actually missed the entire planet altogether and just kept on going. It was just gone. And so they did their research and they tried to investigate it. And basically what they found out was this team of engineers used a different metric system or a measuring system than this team. They used a unit of feet and miles while these guys, these engineers, used the metric system. And so because from the very, very beginning the calculations were off, it didn't matter what launch looked like. It didn't matter what takeoff looked like. Even though it looked good, they were just a bit off from the launch. Now, in the beginning, as it's going up into our atmosphere and exiting our atmosphere, everyone's applauding. Good job, everyone. But then weeks and months down the road, they're like, wait a minute. It's kind of like our golf swing. You know, when you hit the ball, it's like, ah, oh, right when you hit it, you just know it's not going to be good. Why? Because you know that on contact, that's going to be the key factor. Because in the very beginning, it may look good, and all of a sudden, it starts to go away. And that's just like our walk with God. See, our, our initial contact with God, everything good, because He is good. But if I only, if I only say, okay, God, I, just, I trust in you. I'm not going to do anything from this point on. It's like God is saying, no, it's a partnership. We're walking together. If I push away from God, I may be okay in the very beginning, but as life goes on, I may be far off the mark. I may miss life altogether. I may miss my marriage altogether, my family, my children. I, I, I might miss the entire target. And that's why God says you got to stay close to me because I'm the one that's going to help you in the long run. See, the hope of our future is dependent on our present relationship with God for the future. And the farther away we are from God, the more we miss the mark. When I would go shopping with my mom, she would always tell me, stay right here. There was no cell phone. So, you know, parents, you can kind of let your kids stray a little bit depending on their age. Or you just tie a leash to them. But I didn't have a leash. I didn't have a phone. And so I had to stay close to my mom. So I had to pay attention to her. But I remember one time I got lost and when I got lost, I mean, you, you just, you break down. You might be in a small store. It could be 7-Eleven. You freak out. Where's my mommy? Because you're far from her. 
But I do remember when I did get lost, I didn't all of a sudden get lost. I remember seeing her in my sights. She was shopping. And I thought, well, she's there long. So I'm just going to peek around the corner, play with some toys and peek back. And, and I did that every so often. But then all of a sudden I looked and she was gone. And then I got lost. And I think sometimes we treat our relationship with God like that. That we, we kind of do our own thing. We, we know what is of God and what is not and, and what God wants us to do and what he doesn't or, or how we can be better. And, but we kind of do our own thing and then we kind of peek at God and say, okay, you're still there. Okay, oh, church, okay, church is still there. And we do our own thing, but then after a while, we feel so distant from God. And the future we're living today is not as great as we would hope it would be yesterday. And so how do we close that gap? How do we narrow that relationship so that we're walking with God? See, you and I can hit the target in, most, in the most important areas of our life by thinking about our future in these ways. And we're going to look at three great ways how we can do this. The first thing is that my future is hopeful, regardless of how difficult life can be. How, how can we say that? How do we come to that conclusion? Because God said so. You say that as parents, right, when your kids ask, but why, but why, but why? Our, our number one answer is, because I said so. What you're actually saying is you understand why you're doing that. There's a, there's a reason why you're doing that, that even if you were to explain it to your children, they might not even catch it. But you're just saying, you got to trust me. Just trust that what I am saying is good for you. And that's what God says. You can trust me. You can. You have a hope, even though the most difficult times of life may seem hopeless. God says you can trust in me. You can always trust in me. Heidi and I were just coming to know the Lord. And, in fact, we were talking about this the other day. We said, um, boy, when we first came to know Jesus, everything was so brand new, yet so kind of different. And, and there were some difficult moments of learning about this new relationship. But as time went by, we began to learn more and more about why God would say certain things and the benefits and the blessings of obeying him. And even till this day, you know, we talk about our, our finances, that we don't, we're not even close to what we used to have uh, when we were not doing ministry and, and doing our own thing. But we are so much more blessed today because of the sacrifices we made for the Lord. And we're, we're okay. We're, we're, not, we're not, you know, in, in, in uh, such critical, uh, uh, critical seasons that it, it's, it's like we got to throw in the towel. It's almost like even though we go through the difficult times, we have a promise from God. That even though sometimes it doesn't feel like we're in the presence of God, his promise is still there. That we can still hang on to the promises of God. You may have drifted from God. Maybe you don't feel that God is near you or you're near to him. But I tell you this, his promise still remains to give you a future and a hope. His promises don't go away. His promises are sure, making wise the simple. He is, he is, his word is always correct. So when he says, I have a, a hope and a future for you, he means it. So we got to fight the pressure to leave the Lord. Fight that, that pressure to, I'm going to give in. I'm, I'm not going to deal with that anymore. Fight that pressure. Don't leave him. Cleave to him. 
Even though times may be difficult, you draw closer to Him. Romans 5, 5, it tells us, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. See, here's the hope. Even if I leave God's presence, let's just say that happens, a result of emotions or whatever it is, or, or just being upset or angry, you leave His presence. His promise still remains. So even if we were to repent or have that mind change or renewal of mind and we come back to the Lord or coming back to being close with Him, His promises have not changed. It's still there, still readily available. Psalm 62, verse 5, it says, Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Does your hope come from circumstances? No. Does your hope come from finances? No. Does your hope come from your husband? No. <laughs> Does it, some of you are like, no. Does your hope come from your wife? No. It, it, our hope doesn't come from these outside experiences. Our hope comes from the Lord. He's the one that gives us that hope, the hope and a future. Now, how is this possible? Now, I love what Psalm 139 says. And this reminds us of how valuable we are to God. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. See, we have a hopeful future regardless of how difficult our present time is, regardless of how difficult life can be. So here's what we do. Here's the second thing. Whenever these events come up, these difficult events, persevere through each event, just one at a time. You don't have to try and figure everything out. Just persevere through one event at a time. Take care of one thing at a time, little by little. Now, I want to show you something real quick, and this is just for illustrative purposes. This doesn't mean that this is actually our lifespan, okay? But let's just say this represents our life, and these black markers represent our 10-year mark, okay? So this is birth, or maybe this should be 10 years. Yeah, let's just, this is when we're born. This is 10 years old, 20 years old, 20 years old, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. Let's just use a 80-year lifespan because the average uh, lifespan is, uh, is around there. Now, you might be over 80, so you pass that mark. You are in the hall of fame right now. So let's just say uh, you're, you're 20 years old. This is, you're 20 years old. You lived this much of your life, 20 years old. And you know it all. Well, you do. You know all of this. Look how much you know. Look how much you know. Yeah, that much. But this is how much you don't know. Parents of 20-year-olds are saying, yeah, preach it, pastor, preach it. <laughs> so this is 20 and then this is 30 years old. So 30 years old, you've got a little bit more under your belt. Or what, 
10, 20, yeah, let's just go 30 years old. And then, but look at where you are on this time span. You still got a lot of room to grow. And now you're 40, 40 years old. Okay, this is where I am. I'm around, I'm right here, 43. So I got a lot to grow. I need Jesus a lot. And then you turn 50. And you might be thinking, oh, my goodness, 50, uh, and I'm going to turn 50, and you're almost dreading it. But 50 is a good stage, and then you turn 60. And at 60 years, now you start to begin, you begin to think about this side of the rope. Because you're saying, wait, 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 wait a minute. It's not, it's, it's not the same. And then you turn 70. And then you're thinking, okay, where am I now? And then maybe 80. And you have so much life experience. You, you have memories. You have grandchildren, great-grandchildren. You have a wonderful family. And yeah, there are some scars in the past. There are some mistakes along the way. But you're, still, you're at this point. Now, if you were to look at this, where, where are you on this lifespan? Where would you be? Are you right here in the beginning, kind of halfway, maybe midway? Or maybe you're at a crisis moment. You're thinking, this is my midlife crisis. And I'm just going through all kinds of stuff. It's, it's cold when it's hot and it's hot when it's cold. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's happening. The husband's like, I, I, I just don't know what to do anymore. I just, I just leave and they just go crazy at this point. But I still love them. And then as time goes on, we begin to think about the things we never thought of. As we grow and as we mature in life. And it's amazing because it's not just a chronological thing or a seasonal thing. It's actually an event kind of thing. So I want to illustrate it in this way. Some of us will think, well, I always got to prepare for my life. And what does that look like? So let's just use this 10s, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, and beyond. You may look at it as, well, I got to prepare for my 40s, my 50s, my 60s, 70s. I got to prepare for that. I got to prepare for my 30s. Yeah, it's chronological, but at the same time, there are events that take place that is more than an age thing. For me, at 16 or 15, Heidi was 16, we had our, our son, and it was one of the most difficult times of life. Thanks be to God that. Heidi had great parents that really believed in us and continued to coach us along the way. And my mom slowly came along, my, um, my mom on Oahu. It took her some time because she was a single mom. You know, and for her, it was a devastation to the family. You know, you dishonor the family name. So it, I, that's what we felt. And so she felt that it was a reflection of her. So it took some time to get through that. And then my, my father passed away when I was about 16. So there were some some things in life that wasn't so great. My dad left when I was around seven. So these events in the earlier years can be catastrophic for many of us. You may have had something happen to you in the past. Maybe your dad or mom left. Maybe your family broke apart. Maybe there was a divorce or, or, or maybe you're molested or you went through a situation that you never thought you would have to endure. And so things went bad in the beginning, but it is never too late. To have a good childhood. It's never too late to have a good childhood. Why do I say that? You see, these things that happen in my life, it's now God. God says, you've been through that, but now you have empathy. You have courage to coach those who have gone through the same things. 
And now I'm going to use your life to touch on those who have gone through the same things or even worse. See, only God can do that. Only, only God can take a mishap and turn it into a miracle for someone else. And he's going to use you in that way. Someone will come up to you and they'll be going through a critical time in life. And because maybe you're here, you can say, oh boy, I, I feel your pain. And your story is different only because of God. My story is only different because of God. And instead of me looking at the event and, and then letting the event dictate my life, I say, no, no, no. I'm going to let the promises of God dictate my life. It's not going to be the events because it is never too late to have a good childhood. I can take what was negative and evil and looked horrible and turn it around for something good for the future. And the only way I can do that is through God. And only God's going to bring that perspective because we don't have that perspective yet. We're still stuck. And God says, I, I, I have these events that happen in your life, and, but I see who you're becoming. So if you just give up here, don't, don't do that. You keep persevering one event at a time because later on in life, you're going to look back and you're going to say, boy, I went, through, I went through the ringer, but this is what you're using me for now, Lord. That this is where my life is today. Only God can do something like that. And many of you are here today and you understand this. Because, yeah, you've been through the worst times. But it was a defining moment. My defining moment was 19 years old when I accepted Jesus Christ. The moment I heard God saying, if you want to be a good father, you need me. That's all I needed to hear. I accepted Christ. And things were different. Why? Because life events change you more than just years and seasons. It's more than that. It's up to you. you you're going to have to decide because it's never too late to have a good childhood. And some of us define events poorly. And God knew what would happen. He knew the events. But he said, I'm going to help you walk through them. We're going to do this together because I have a plan and a purpose for your life. For some of you, maybe your season is your children growing up. Uh, I remember when my son went off to college, it was a tough season because he was not going to be here. And I, and I realized that it takes a moment to release our children to the world. It just takes a moment. But it takes years to build character. It takes years to build discipline in them. It takes years to get them ready for that release. It takes years, but it takes a moment to release. And all those years of building character, building values, and building them up in the Lord, raising them up in the Lord. As the Bible says, you raise them up in the ways of the Lord. As they get older, they're not going to depart from it. Why? Because they understand life is not made up chronologically or seasonally. It's event after event after event, but you do that with the Lord. And when they understand that, they can handle the difficult seasons. See, it's, it's not so important to know what the future holds. Like, what is my future going to look like? Because you can't predict it too well. We can't even predict the scores of the games that are being played today. And you're thinking, hopefully my team wins. We can't even predict those things. We can't even predict what's going to happen tomorrow or this week, let, let alone our, our entire future. But what is important to know is not 
what the future holds, but who holds the future. And God does. He has it. But you got to make that decision. Either you're going to hang on to it or you're going to release it to God. It's up to you. It's up to you to have those life events dictate your life or the promises of God. It's our choice. God leaves that up to us. Romans 5, 3, and 4, it says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. What? We can rejoice? Yep, you can, you can rejoice when you run into these problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. See, that's the hope that we have in the Lord. You can persevere through each event one at a time. Sometimes they'll just come back to back. And it'll be like a storm, a perfect storm. And you're going to feel like throwing in the towel and God would say, I have a hope and a future for you. I have promises lined up for you. Just one at a time. Go through one at a time. We'll do this together. In fact, you can write this in number three. Think together with the Lord. It's together. It's not going to be separate. It's going to be together. Any of you, uh, you used to throw your children up? You used to do that when, you're, when they were little? Yeah, you throw them up. You catch them, right? You throw them up. You don't just walk away. Yeah, or you throw, unless you did and they're in the water, that's different. But you throw them up and, and they would want you to do that. They would say, Daddy, throw me up. Papa, throw me up. And so we would throw them up. You're confident. They're confident. Not everyone else. You're like, ah, ah. Stop it already. You're like, what? What's wrong? I'll catch them. I'll spin them in all. I'll just catch them. Ooh, it's fine. I got them. Now you're confident and they're confident because they trust you. They trust you're going to catch them. But what would happen if one day you threw them up and you let them go? Do you think they would trust you? Do you think they would land on the ground crying and say, one more time? Now some of our kids might because they're a little off. But most of the times they wouldn't because you drop them. God will never drop you. He will never leave you. He never forsakes you. He will always catch you. Therefore, we can trust in him. That's the hope that we have in the Lord. That's the promise that he gave to us. Thinking about our future is like a child saying to the parent or the dad or the papa or the mama, if you throw me up. That's, that's thinking together with the Lord. It's saying, Lord, my life is in your hands. Have your way. What do you need to do? You use me for your glory. Whatever you want to do, Lord, I trust in you. And God might say, okay, there's some life events coming up. It's, it's going to happen. But you got to trust me. you got to think together with me. It's going to be difficult. But I'm going to pull you through and you're going to see the promise on the other side. you just got to trust me while you're in the air. I'm going to catch you on the other end. It's up to us if we're going to trust him or not. See, average thoughts, when we just think average thoughts, just like common thoughts, can only become great when we think together with a great God. And that's why John 15, 5, it says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. And Jesus is speaking this, and he says, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. And let's read this part together. Ready? Go. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
I mean, for Jesus to save that, that statement, that alone, should give us hope that with him, all things are possible. Amen. You close your Bibles and put away your notes. I just want to conclude with this story because God will see our future so much more than we can. And it's our hope in him. And even when we fall into despair or we, we fall into times of things aren't going well, did you know that God will still give us a hope and a future? You know, you know what God did when all things didn't look so good? He gave us Jesus, the hope of the world. I'm going to ask Glenn if he could come to the piano. I want to just end with this illustration. Some of you are sports fanatics. And some of you follow like the NBA or, or uh, PGA or you follow MLB and just recently, you know, Kansas City won the World Series. So I don't know if you're a fan of that. But you see these different sports games and they get paid millions, millions. We, on the other hand, don't. So I thought about it this way. I have a, I have a basketball here and this basketball in my hands is worth maybe $50, okay? Oh, almost lost it. Okay, $50. Some of you will play basketball. In your hands, this basketball is worth about $50. Easy. This one was. $50. But in the hands of Michael Jordan, $33 million. It all depends on whose hands it's in. This baseball, in my hands, six bucks, tops. I can't, I, I can't do that, that much with it because I'm not, a, I'm not a professional athlete or I don't play baseball. $6. But you put this in Alex Rodriguez's hand, $29 million. It all depends on whose hands it's in. I have a tennis racket. In my hands, worthless. I don't play tennis. I don't know how to play tennis. I'll try just for the fun of it just so that I can make people laugh. But... It, it's only worth the racket itself. But you put this in Serena Williams' hands, you're talking Wimbledon championships. It all depends on whose hands this racket is in. But I love to build things. When we were growing up, we used to build tree houses. So I have these nails. These nails in my hands will produce a great tree house. But these nails in the hands of Christ produces salvation for mankind, for eternity. It all depends on whose hands these nails are in. And Jesus gave his life for you and I because he believes in the future that God has given to you and I. He says, this is how hopeful I am for your future. Is I, will, I will put my life on the, on the line for your life. I will, I will put myself in a deathful situation so that you could have life. I am going to die for you, but that's not the end. I'm going to be placed in a tomb, and three days later, I will rise again. Any situation that you or I are in, any event that takes place, 
the hope is we will rise again. Marriage is not going well, you will rise again. How? My hope is in the Lord. I've got to trust in him. I've got to stay close to him. I've got to believe and trust that what he sees for my future, I don't see yet. Our life in our own hands is just from event to event, chronologically and seasonally. But our life in the hands of God, there is a future and a hope. It all depends on whose hands our life is in. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, our hope today is broadened because of you. And I pray for anyone here today that maybe their future didn't look so hopeful, but now with you, it is very hopeful. So we trust in you. We look to you for hope. And we receive that today, Lord. We receive that for our marriages, our families, our children, our grandchildren and great-grandchildren and so on, for future generations. Lord, we also are grateful for what you have done for us. And maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, I, you know, I've never, I could never see that my life could be hopeful in God. You know, I'm, I'm still searching things out. But maybe today you felt that tug on your heart and you're saying, I, I just want to give my life to the Lord. I understand. He gave his life for me in exchange for a hope and a future for me. And God is calling you to be with him. Not just for today, but for all eternity. He's calling you to a place that one day after that lifespan is over, he says, you're going to be with me in a place called heaven. A perfect place. Where moth and rust will not destroy. Where death will never overtake you. No more pain, no more suffering. But you're going to be with me forever. And he wants that. And if you want that too, and you're saying, I've, I've never given Christ my heart today, would you just lift a hand and I'll pray with you. And what you're saying is, I want to give my life to Christ today. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait till I'm later on in life. Good, God sees your hand. Anyone else? You're saying, I want to give Christ my heart. Good. Anybody else? God sees your hand. Good. God sees your hand. And more importantly, He sees your heart. He sees your future. Good. God bless you. You put your hands down. How many of us, we could say, Lord, we're so thankful that our life is in your hands. Is that you? Would you raise a hand? You're saying, Lord, I'm thankful that my life is in your hands. Yeah, all of us, Lord. You put your hands down. Let's pray this prayer together, especially for those who are saying yes to Jesus for the first time. And, and after service is done, if you would head to the back, there would be an usher there for those who said yes to Jesus for the first time. They're going to give you a yes packet, and it will help you with your walk with the Lord. Here's our prayer. Let's pray this together. Add the heart all together. Here we go. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross to give me a future and a hope. I trust in you. I give my life to you in exchange for your life in me. I trust you. And I thank you. You are my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. 
And we all said, Amen. Can